podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Villains and oh, forgot to change my background. I'm just as sloppy as Aston Villa were today with my streaming. <laughs> forgot to change my background. Um, but thanks, William, for joining directly at the final whistle for um, what was a difficult watch Aston Villa versus uh, Everton. Um, obviously, Everton coming out 2 1 winners in, in, in the League Cup, and Aston Villa exit the League Cup at the third round stage, um, uh, in 2023 24. Uh, I, I didn't make the team sheet tantrum. I had some family stuff to do, but um, I will probably start off with the team itself just to, before we get on and we talk about the game and some some incidents. I, I'm not going to be going over the top. I'm not going to be roaring and shouting. I'm not going to be... Um, I'm going to call it as it is. It was extremely disappointing. It was a sloppy performance, and there was a lot of players out there who, like realistically speaking, can't really look around in the dressing room afterwards and say, oh yeah, you know, look, it wasn't for lack of effort that we lost that game because there was a couple of effort issues in that game today, which is which is disappointing. But Unai Emery uh, put out the team he put out. Um, Leander Dendonker was, was a surprise inclusion where he was included, as was John McGinn at left back. Um, when I saw the team initially, I thought to myself, this is a man, or this is a team that is uh, severely lacking another left back. Obviously, Moreno having a recurrence of that injury hasn't been ideal. Um, and the club not holding on to the likes of Seb Revan or somebody like that from the from the youth setup um, put us in a position where he's played John McGinn at left back. Wasn't too disappointed when I initially, well, actually, when I saw it, it looked like it was going to be the Donker centre half and, and Pau Torres at left back. And I was like, we don't know about that at all. Um, but it was Pau Torres at left, uh, at left side and, and John McGinn at left back. And um, I can see the rationale behind it, albeit very surprising. I can see the rationale. In fact, actually, at times, at times, I think last season, when we only had one fit left back, I actually might have even said, "Why not play McGinn back there? Because it might be, might it might be uh, worth a try." And he just didn't get into the game today. Couldn't get into the game at left back, um, or that kind of hybrid left back position. There was a lot of rotation going on. Then Dunker at times was dropping into the middle of a back of a back three. I thought then Dunker looked woefully out of, posi- out of position and, and, and sluggish at times in, in that first half. Then I go back to it again. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, guess what I'm going to say? Who's going to pop it into the comments? Until the number six position gets one, gets fully defined in games, um, we will see some some um, stagnation of, of this setup. And it's not a new Emery thing. I don't think it's a new Emery thing uh, from that point of view. Um, we have a certain amount of players that we have to rotate through, through games. But players didn't stand up and weren't counted today, I think. Uh, and, and, you know, they weren't counted against Legio Warsaw. Um, and and I think that's fair to say. 
yes, look, it was an eyebrow, eyebrow raising decision, but um, you can't play the same eleven all the time. It would have been their third game in six days. You know, if you were to play play, um, if you so if you were to have played the first eleven against Legia, first eleven against Chelsea, first eleven against tonight. You know, you're playing playing three games in six days, and the, the team obviously isn't ready for it. There's loadings on it, and there's uh, there's um, sports scientists there that would be looking at stuff like that. And look, if you've got 20, 20 outfield players, you do, or 19 outfield players, whatever it is, you do need to rotate through them. Um, and some players have been given their chance through their time at Emory, and some of them have taken them. And some players are, are putting their hands up and, and showing that they are maybe better being brought off the bench than they are being started. And that's okay. That's okay. As I said, I'm not. I'm not going to. Not going to sit here and start screaming and shouting uh, about about stuff like that. That's that's sport. You know, some players will need two or three games under their belt in in a row and stability to play. And I think and that and it's Leander Dundonker I'm getting at with this is that when he comes in and plays the odd game, yes, we take out the Aaron Danks game last year against Brentford, when he came in and had an absolute stormer, and he played one or two games in a row then last season, and he began to look better. But there's been there's been times as well when he's come on, like you you say Stevenage, the Stevenage game, played in that game, you know, we didn't see him for a while afterwards because he didn't get up to the speed of the game, and that was against lower league opposition. Don't feel he, don't feel he got up to the speed of the game in this in this game either. And once again, that number six position, has a huge, huge, huge either positive effect or detrimental effect on how our, our defense plays. And when you've got a defense that has somebody, I think is that 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 should be able to play left back in John McGinn there, but obviously is unfamiliar with it. Then Donker for me, once again, you know, as I said, that number six position is just going to be so so, so vital. No, he wasn't the only person that was. Uh, that didn't have the best first half. Um, I think our, our goalkeeper deserves a mention, and it wasn't all on him either. But I do think he had some stuttery uh, passes. Uh, the first goal, I, like the first goal, so Dundonker passes an absolute horror ball back to Robin Olsen. And then Robin Olsen passes a horror ball. Like, why you don't just put your foot through that and put it out? Like, Emmy Martinez puts that one out over the sideline and puts his hand up and goes, sorry, 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 or whatever. And that's fine. You live to fight another day. The pass that goes into Douglas Louise was absolutely neither here nor there. It was a horrible, horrible pass at a horrible height. Onana beats him in the air. Yes, the ball does does uh, go through one or two more kind of um, passages, but it ends up with Joe Garner. And uh, there was a kinds of mistake in there as well somewhere, if I remember rightly. Um, was it for that one? Yes, it was for that. And then Joe Garner ends up scoring. In the back of the net, but it all stems from a poor pass from the knocker, puts his goalkeeper under pressure, who is very poor with his feet. In um in uh, on, on his best day, he's not good with his feet, puts him under pressure. He puts the, the midfield under pressure, who in turn put the defense in under pressure, and it was a calamity of errors from there on in. Um, we gifted them that goal in a lot of respects. You know, we weren't playing brilliantly before that at all, but we uh we were sloppy, but you know, we you, you can do without that. It's a very, very avoidable goal. I think that's fair to say. Second goal is incredibly avoidable as well. And the next person I wanted to get talking to as well, because there were two men that were given their chance in midfield was Yuri Thielemans. Um been two pretty abject performances for him when when he's been started in a, in in a changed midfield. Um 
just highlighting that, as I say, it's not going in hard and him or anything like that. And uh, you guys can say what you like about players' performances and stuff, but the level of intensity that 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 uh, that was needed from him today uh, just wasn't there. He was in and out of the game. He had, he had a huge pass completion. I, I think I was looking on on who scored, and he had something along the lines of ninety one percent pass completion rate or something like that, which was. Uh, I'll just actually bring it up here because I want to just make sure that I have a correct. Yeah, ninety three percent pass completion rate um, is what he had. It seemed to be whenever he got the ball in in uh, in any bit of traffic that he was going to not so much lose the ball, but his pass wouldn't go on target. Um, and that's frustrating because he's better than that. We've seen him play better than that. We've seen him play better than that for other teams. But that pass that he gives back to Kanza for the Dominic Calvert-Lewin goal, Villa were starting to maybe get some sort of a foothold on the ball. Like we we owned we own possession in this game. Like we had sixty seven percent possession in this game, but we we're just starting to kind of maybe claw our way back into the game a small little bit after halftime. After making a couple of substitutions, that pass was just gorgeous. It was awful. Like it was awful. It was awful. It was awful. It was awful. Like there's no no two ways of of saying it. And it really put Kanza in a, such a difficult position because it was so badly under hit that by the time Dominic Clever Noon had taken his first touch in it, Kanza couldn't do anything and he was gone past him. Uh, Robin Olsen comes out and stops. I think, if he, uh, I think in that instance, Robin Olsen would have been forgiven by everybody if he comes out and he goes straight through Calvert Lewin. Uh, dives at his feet, tries to get the ball, meets him outside the box. Something along those lines. Uh, probably, I don't know what he's gotten a, a red card, but he kind of came, stopped in his penalty area, and Cavett Lewin just sticks it past him. Um, not Robert Nolson's fault, but it was clearly Yuri Thielman's fault for that goal. Um, just a concentration thing. And as I say, the intensity upstairs and the intensity with, with the ball at his feet. In the two games that you would have expected him to kind of elevate his game, being an international footballer, being a footballer who's played in Europe, being a footballer who's played at, at um, played in some big games against Legia, he didn't really reach the level for me, and and, and today I don't think he reached the level either uh, for me, uh, and that's uh, that's being kind today because I thought even though he was economical with his passing and and and. Um, uh, and he didn't give the ball away that much based on the statistics. As I say, when I watched the game, I thought he gave it away a bit more. Um, but he had like 45 passes during the course of the whole game and he had a 93% pass success rate. So someone do the maths out there and tell me. Um, I just felt he was he was very, very ineffectual again today. And, and this Everton team were good. Ever, ever, like, hats off. Sorry, I haven't even spoken about Everton at all yet. But hats off to Everton. Their press was brilliant today. Their press was a Sean Dyche press today. Uh, I thought they were really good in the middle of midfield. Uh, Onana is is very good, very good player. Bullied us a, a lot in the middle of the park, and that's that to me is worrying because Joe Linton bullied us in the middle of the park uh, as well. Um, you know, so a bit of heft in there, and 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 bit of you know we couldn't do the same with Dendonka at our end. Somebody who's as big, who's as tall, who's as, who's uh, way more experienced than Onana uh, at. Uh, within the Premier League, he couldn't dominate like that, like like Onana could, uh, and that was interesting. Um, but yeah, disappointing, 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 disappointing. Um, but uh, like like when we look at the amount of times that uh, that 
that we were dispossessed or that we gave away possession. Like Yuri Tielemans gave away. I'm just looking at, at it here, actually. Yuri Tielemans, um last possession, not just in passes, but whether he's taking the ball forward six times out of 62 touches with the ball. That's a lot. It's quite a lot, I, I, I think, is uh, by anyone's standard. But he certainly wasn't the worst because... Um, because uh, let me just uh, bring all accounts. Want to see what he finished on? Yeah. So Zaniolo didn't touch the ball for the last four and a half minutes. Um, Zaniolo touched the ball twenty six times and gave the ball away eight times in that game. I know he was trying to make things happen. That's a lot. That's a lot for somebody who came on as a sub. That's a lot for somebody who came on as, as a sub. And I know. Look, he came on. Came on the thirty first minute. Touched the ball twenty six times. Gave the ball away eight times. From an efficiency point of view, for somebody who's supposed to come in and, and supposed to maybe change the game, I thought he was poor tonight. And I think it's okay to say that because, you know, he's been good and he's, he's we see, we've all seen his, his chance creation statistics and stuff like that in games. We've all seen him with that burst forward. But I thought tonight he couldn't get involved at all. I thought he couldn't get involved at all tonight. And when he did, he had one, one decent run. But, you know, to give away the ball, between the two of those guys there, we gave away the ball as a team 31 times today. Between the two of those guys, we gave away the ball 14 times out of 88, 88 touches of the ball. They gave away the ball 14 times. So they are the things Dino Emery is going to look at. Obviously, look, I'm not sitting here, and I, I, I haven't come to your comments yet, and the and, uh, reason being is because I, I'm trying to talk this out myself as well, and, and, and I hope, I know some of you will agree, some of you will, will disagree, but when I Emery we'll look back at those statistics and, and he'll say, right, yeah, listen, okay, I didn't play my, my first 11. The dogs in the street know that. But at the same time, there are players there that I'm sure that are beating down his door looking for chances and some of them got chances tonight and they didn't take them. And we've and I've mentioned two of them. We mentioned Leander Dunker and I've mentioned uh, Uri Tielemans. And it's not time to press the panic button on either of those two yet. They're They're going to have good games this season. You know, they're going to come into it. They're going to have good games. They just didn't have a good game tonight. Tielemans didn't have a good game last night. I think he needs to find a position within this team, maybe stop trying so hard. Maybe it's gotten into his head what, what he said when he was away on international duty, um, if that wasn't taken out of context. But just those individual kind of performances tonight, I think, were a bit lacking, and there was enough of them out there to make the whole team sloppy. Like, Douglas Louise was not a perfect entity today, tonight either, which is very uncharacteristic of him because he's been our best player so far this season. He was our best player last season. He's been metronomic in midfield. And probably because he had Tielemans one side of him, he had Dendonker the other side of him, maybe it just didn't work when the two of them were stuttering. I don't know. But I'm not making excuses for anybody anybody tonight. It just didn't work at times. But And I think the reason it didn't work was more so down to some of the players that didn't, it didn't meet the mark tonight. They didn't meet the mark tonight. And that's fine. It's okay to say that. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not pushing the panic button uh, or, or anything there. It's the league, it's a league cup. Like myself and Paddy started off our preview show for this, saying that oh, there could be eleven changes to 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 this team. There was quite a lot of changes to the team. There was some unorthodox changes to the team, yeah. But there was enough players with enough experience and enough international pedigree out there to be able to put up a more energetic and more disciplined performance. I think in that first half. Um, and it didn't happen and it set a bad precedent going into the second half and after 50 minutes we're 2-0 down because um, there is there was that lack of intensity there was that lack of focus 
seemed to be that lack of focus for 50 minutes at a game, um, which is disappointing, which is disappointing as well. Now, putting it on in context as well, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot on Twitter over, over the course of the game saying that we've had really abject performances this season, but still saying that we've... We've had we've performed poorly in games that that um that, that maybe we shouldn't have won. We've performed poorly in games that we should have won, but we still have one of the best points tallies after six games we've ever had in the Premier League. I think it's why is it the third highest we've ever had in the Premier League. Um so you know, performances are performances, but we're also like uh, as I say, as as Dean Smith used to say, don't get too high in the high and don't get too lows in the low. Don't get too low in the lows, should I say. And and that's very much the feeling I have of this game of this game and um, would have been lovely to be in the, in the last 16 we mentioned as well a lot of premier league clubs were going to go out in this in this round and um, just due to the to the way that um fixtures fell and premier league teams did go out would have been nice it would have opened up slightly i don't know any of the results in the other games from tonight Um, i should probably look them up just to see but it doesn't really matter because we're out now. Like West Ham won one nil against uh, Lincoln, Fulham two one against Norwich, Arsenal beat Brentford, Chelsea beat Brighton, Newcastle beat Man City. Newcastle beating Man City is huge. That makes me think. Makes me go back it. Why didn't we? You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. If we're in the last sixteen, you got a chance. I fancy us be. I fancy us to to give a good rattle to the majority of teams that are left. Obviously, Man City being an invincible team, uh, so uh, a, a feeling of invincibility. Man, Man City do. Now they're out of, the, out of the cup. Arsenal, Chelsea, Newcastle, Liverpool. They're all going to think they can win this. And Aston Villa, if they were in, if we were in the last 16, we would have thought we could win it too. So, you know, I don't know how I feel from that point of view. But but when we look at the actual the performance on the field tonight, I feel, I feel disappointed. I feel... I feel like some of the players should be disappointed. Um, and I feel there's enough blame to go around to all corners, I suppose, really. But I'm not pressing any panic buttons. Nor should anyone else. In my view. I'm going to come to your comments because I'm really rambling here and I was trying to figure out my uh, my, my thoughts. A couple of... Uh, oh, thanks very much, Matt Hanlon. Thank you. And thanks so much to Colin Smith as well. Really appreciate it. And I know he's not here uh, but uh, thanks to Paddy as well for covering my ass on the the team sheet tantrum. I had I had a two year old who wouldn't get out of the bat, and then when she did get out of the bat, she had a meltdown. So there was an actual tantrum at team sheet time, and that's why I couldn't get on the team sheet tantrum. So thank you, Paddy, for stepping in there. Um, I, I'm going to come to just uh, <laughs> Ron and asking me to get angry. No, it's ten o'clock. It's ten o'clock, man, and I've to, I've to, I've I've annual performance reviews to deliver in the morning. I'll be getting angry enough. I'll be getting angry enough in my in my day job tomorrow. This is my time to be chill, otherwise I won't sleep for the night. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, do you know what? Actually, Simex is Simex a point here. It's the fourth time in a row that our captain has been taken off. Fourth game in a row, should I say? I think one of those games. Played relatively okay. I think against. Uh, I, I think I think he played okay against Chelsea. I think he played okay against Crystal Palace. Um, but I don't think he played well tonight, uh, John McGinn. But then again, he's asked to play left back. You know, he's asked to play left back. And while I think he's fully, he's fully capable of playing there. You know, it's the Premier. It, you're playing against Premier League opposition. You're playing against. Uh, 
Who was he up against? Who was on that side? Uh, can't remember. Was it Danjuma? Can't remember who was on that side. Um, but still, it's a it's a it's a tough tough thing to do positionally to be able to get back and play that left back position. But yeah, it's not it's not. It just, I suppose it also goes to show that Unai is going to substitute who he feels needs to come off. God knows, I felt he should have taken off Tielemans at half time, but he didn't feel that way, and he wanted to bring on the left back. I would imagine to play a left back in that left back position, and I'd say it was one or the other. Now he could have taken off Tielemans and moved McGinn into midfield. Maybe that would have worked. I actually think that would have worked a small bit better. So when we're talking about a portion and blame, that's pro- I think that's probably more of a mistake than the team that initially went out. And the reason I think that is because that team would have known two two days ago that they that they would have been that, that team would have known had a fair inkling yesterday or Monday that they were going to be playing together. You know? Um so from some abject performances for people who have gas in the tank, that's the annoying point for me. That's the annoying point for me. Um, Giggs asks, uh, have teams sussed us out, high press us, uh, and we can't cope? It's a genuine question. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think both of the goals we gave them today were were, were gifted uh, goals. I think they were they're gifted by two players who played, who played, um, who, well, Olsen, we know, isn't good with his feet. Um, don't think he had really much else to do, but the one thing he did affected the game. In fact, in giving giving the ball away, then Donker as well, and then Tielemans' pass was just was just woeful. So, um, like Tielemans' pass certainly wasn't because of a high press. Uh, and arguably, I'm going to say that Robin Olsen's poor pass wasn't because of high press. It was because of a poor pass from Den Donker. Um, and yes, they pressed like mad, but Everton. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting one, but I I don't think teams have found us out because we perf- we've had performances last year when we were winning, whereby you know teams got in behind us as well. So I think sometimes wins will will mask how many times the team gets in behind us, um, and it just becomes more evident. And I suppose it's it's we, we can we can ask the question in a loss. I think it's easier to ask the question in a loss. So I'd say, um, but more. Data needed, I think, for me, gigs. I think more more data needed. Um, well, sorry, I'm just going to scroll up here and see if I can pick anything out. Yeah, I think that this 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 sums it up for me. Yeah. So, and this is why I think, like, why I I, I give the players more blame than I give the manager is because Villa were playing walking football for a period a period of time in that first half. Um, like we had 812 touches of the ball or something tonight, so over 600 passes, but a lot of them were side to side walking football style, and we we offered little to no penetration. Um, some of our uh, and some of our bigger players just didn't get into positions to to really affect the game. Um, along with then, while while not playing poorly, they didn't get into positions to affect the game. But then when we made mistakes, they were exacerbated by people playing poorly. If that makes sense, I don't know whether that sounds like uh, whether that sounds like nonsense, but I know what I mean anyway. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, right, I'm going to take one more. Uh, I'll take one more uh, comment there. Uh, a couple of people saying that. A lot of same. Um, yeah, do you know what? I it'll take me forever to find a a, a comment. Um, 
but because a lot of them are the same, and there's a lot of jokes about the, about about blaming the shirt for tonight's result. Um, I actually don't think the shirts look too bad until right at the end of the game. But um, as I say, I was watching it on I was watching it on a less than clear, um, one hundred percent legal stream for the whole lot of of that game. So I'm wanting the correction as to whether the shirts were as bad at halftime as they were at full time. But anyway, that's an excuse that nobody will use for this game anyway i'm talking nonsense now we're 24 minutes it's been difficult to speak for four minutes about this game never mind 24 minutes thank you for indulging me thanks a million for listening and thank you all for your support of the podcast as always um even in times when we lose games it's some of the times where we get the most uh, most views on podcasts i don't like that uh, i like that you guys tune in don't get me wrong but uh, i don't like that we lose games and uh i feel like i've spoken on my own for like three post-match podcasts where we've had games that have been difficult to talk about i think i did it for liverpool and for newcastle and now this one and they've been three difficult games to talk about so uh maybe i think the moral of the story is if i'm not doing the post-match on my own villa will have a better result so maybe i have to take some of the blame for this as well maybe I have to take some of the blame for this but um anyway look it's wednesday night it's five past ten here in ireland um there's bed to be had, and there's also uh, a game at the weekend. So we'll be back with a uh, preview, team sheet tantrum, post-match, everything like that at the weekend. And I hope you'll all join us. Thanks a million for suffering with us this evening. And uh, I hope you all uh, have a great rest of your evening and uh, wake up all sprightly tomorrow and don't let Villa affect you tomorrow. Um, but we, will, we will be back probably tomorrow with a, with a preview show. Um, where we'll get Paddy's take on the game tonight, uh, the bits and pieces uh, that he was just to talk about uh, that happened tonight. And uh, yeah, I hope you'll all join us for that. But in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network.